Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Today, it's Tour de Forest. Now, please welcome Mr. Steve Nessel, Marketing Manager at Yamaha Motor Corporation. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we are back. We're talking Tour de Forest on this week's show. And uh, before the break, we had Christy Lee Cook. And she has a program called The Most Wanted List. But our next guest, man, he is most wanted in practically every post office in the country. That's right. He is of average height. He has impeccable <laughs> facial hair. And sometimes he reheats things. That's Steve Nessel. He's the marketing manager at Yamaha Motor, Carp- Motor, 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 Car- <laughs> Motor Corporation. Uh, Mr. Steve, as I butcher that, how's it going, buddy? Oh, my goodness. Easy for you to say so much lack of context. I mean, you just regurgitate a bunch of things that are inside jokes and probably have to fill the gaps here, but how are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're doing pretty good. You know, we're really good at making mediocre, lackluster conversation. And intros last a long time. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we do. All right, so let's get into this. Let's talk about lackluster performance for a second. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And what comes to mind, Steve Nessel? No, no, crazy. Uh, You know, we were honored having you in our home state. Had big banners out and stuff. No, you came here a couple weeks ago. There was a little bit of a cold spell. It wasn't nearly what you guys were hoping for. You're hunting with uh, uh, Wade Middleton, and you had uh, Scott Newby, a couple people out there. What were the conditions like? It was boggy, wasn't it? Yeah, they got some rain um, coming into Kansas a few weeks back, and I guess they really needed it, but it made it very challenging um, condition-wise. Uh, just because everything was slippery and sloppy getting to stands and getting to hunt areas. Um, and they, in there, we were, we were hunting outside of, uh, Baldwin City. And it was, it was a weird deal. A little bit, it was cool, but not as cool as Kansas could be. I've sat in can I've sat in a tree in Kansas when it was in the teens and even lower than that. And this was lows of 40. So oh, wow. it, yeah. it was almost warm. It felt warm, even though it was cool compared to what they had been experiencing. So with some rain, with a little bit of cooling off, we'd hope to see the deer get up off their feet. And and for the most part, they didn't. Um, to be honest, there were a few daylight, um, you know, shooter bucks, but it, not what you'd probably expect for, you know, almost coming into the rut in Kansas. We saw some some early rut behavior and activity. But I, for me, first time I've been in a tree all year, so I was not going to complain just to get out. And uh, potentially amongst them was uh, was my goal. Yeah, well, you know, the interesting part about uh, hunting, not only just here in Kansas, but other places, is just being there. You know, you, you've got uh, the camaraderie of uh, of Wade and, uh, and of course, Steve. And so f- you're, you're Steve. He is Steve. He, he does Steve. like himself, though. Scotty, though. Yeah, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the other it folks was- that you hunt with, the guys and outfitters, you know, it's kind of like old home week. And, uh, you know, of course, when you get out there, my gosh, if you see anything, you think it's great. Yeah, it, it was actually a really cool setup. We had we had some of the new R-Maxes on trailers off the back of our trucks to, to basically offload and, and take us to and from the stand. And uh, in some cases, we we, needed, we were going to need them if we were going to harvest a deal. But to your point, uh, being in a quote-unquote camp, this one was cool. It was unique. We, we stayed out of a, of a motel mm. um, that was basically taken over by hunters every year at this time of year. The, the hosts are super 
they're welcoming. Uh, we did what we called sidewalk meals at night when everybody got back, and you just kind of you talk about your day, you talk about your hunt, and uh, you look forward to tomorrow while you get some grub. And um, I don't know, I spread my gear out all over the hotel. It was it was it was different for me, which is very very cool. And to your point of having other hunters around, not just Wade and Scott, but a bunch of others that were in the other rooms of the motel and heading off in their different directions every evening. Um, cool vibe and just fun to be, be out again. Yeah. Now you're down here and you haven't been able to get out as as much as you usually do a lot of anticipation what action you did see were you you happy what what, what did you see when you're on stand i uh, didn't see a lot the first two nights yeah we, uh, we had um, we had the stomp sisters i called them in front of us because <laughs> for whatever reason these two does from three does and a and a little button buck would come in and they didn't even know where we were couldn't tell who we were if they thought they were looking in our right direction they just come into our area and start stomping which mm. after two nights I was ready to go to a different spot so <laughs> we uh, we, made, we made plans to go to a different location and actually that night they had a a good deer that had been on camera during daylight hours the last few days he'd, he'd gone in my eye and shown back up so I was hoping to see him and and I did. Um, unfortunately for me, it didn't. It didn't turn out the way that I would hope. And I think you guys are going to probably ask me some follow up here. Yeah, we tell the whole story, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we want to hear the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> We're leading up well, to I that mean, part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I was hunting with a bow, obviously, uh, yeah. and I did everything right. I mean, I even my biggest concern um, coming into Kansas and hunting in areas where maybe the deer aren't as on alert. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to be quiet. I wanted to be good. I wanted to be a get on draw and not have the deer, you know, freak out, not have them feel like something was about to go down. And I did that. And I was super proud of myself. Unfortunately, when it came time to let the arrow fly, I was woefully off target. I was great left to right, but for some reason, and it's 100% on me because I practiced coming in and I was dialed, is it was way high, probably six to eight inches higher wow. than I would like to have hit. Oh, wow. And uh, so we... Uh, I knew it just almost immediately. The camera guy thought it wasn't that bad. We we looked around for an arrow. We saw that it had just gone into the deer, not all the way through, not a clean pass through. So we looked a tiny bit that night. We didn't want to push it in case uh, it was somewhere in the in nearby, but we were looking for a lighted knock. Didn't see anything. Backed out. Looked on a big screen. Saw that I was super, super high. Just a horrible shot. I mean, I own it. It's It was my fault. And uh, we went out the next morning to look and, and spent, you know, several hours without, didn't see any signs. So we uh, we got out of there and I, I was licking my wounds, um, just super mad at myself. It wasn't, it, it wasn't the equipment. It was me. I mean, I, I had the best equipment and I practiced and it just happens. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was funny. I'd be sitting in a truck or outside the hotel room and occasionally I would just let out a curse word because I was so disappointed <laughs> in myself. Um, just down, but luckily and, and a lot of guys at the outfitter Wade, guys were that are more experienced at this than me were like his deer's gonna live and I'm I wanted to believe him. Yeah. Uh, even though I know he's super mad at me, but <laughs> lo and behold, two nights later that deer showed up on trail cam. So really? No he, way. He he beat me. He beat me. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, bad on me. Good on him. Um, but it's just motive. And for me, it's I'm super. I'm still upset about it, but it's motivation. I got to do better. I got to whether it's practice more. But for me, I know it's in the moment. It's yeah. different when the deer's in front of you. It really is. And I, I focus a lot on getting drawn, and then I maybe just you know, relax too much. And I need to make sure aim small, miss well. Every piece of what you practice needs to come into play with that deer in front of you. And you don't really like to tell those stories, but the, the animals lived. Um, that's that's a blessing for sure. Um, you never, 
you don't want them going around kind of just expiring, you know, over the course of time. But I mean, they're just so strong. I mm-hmm. mean, they're they're first. You put an arrow through me, I'm just going to lay down and cry and want to die. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not going to get up and start looking for food and women two days later. <laughs> well, maybe not the food. <laughs> oh my god! Now, I mean, yeah. And the the thing is, you you have to do the honorable thing. You know, I mean, you hit an animal, so your hunt is over, and then you have to look for it. I mean, it's really like a whole. It's all the process, grieving process. But that is the well, right thing to do. And let's. Let's face it, it's hunting. It's not killing. It is hunting. And this is what happens. And every hunter is going to experience this a time or two in their life. It just, it's going to happen. Well, to your point, I sat that same stand the next night and tromped around through the area that, that morning and all the way into midday. And then I went back only a few hours later to sit the same stand just in case. Yeah. Just in case he came by. Yep. Um, and, and ironically enough, I left the next morning and he was there that night. Okay. So. <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. to your point, I, yeah, I, I definitely want to do right by the animal in every step of the exercise. Yep. Um, and I I knew, given how much we had just come through that area like a freight train that morning looking for him, that I wasn't, we, we weren't going to see anything. And just almost to add insult to injury, they cut that bean field right next to us while we were sitting in the stand. Nothing was oh. happening that night. I called, that was my penance. I, I got about four <laughs> hours just sitting there stewing on my on my mistake. But you know what? Again, motivation. Yep. Uh, go out and, and be better next time and, and practice as much, if not more. And, uh, and you know, things will go right at some point. I think uh, these, are, these are not the super most good reminders. Like, you don't want to live through this. You don't want to make an animal live through it. But take it, turn it into a positive if you can, and, uh, and figure it out moving forward. Yeah. Now you're going to redeem yourself. What next month you're heading down to Texas and you're going to try to rattle in a buck with a bow. Is that right? That's a rumor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take a guy, take a guy who can get in a box blind, get drawn on a deer that doesn't know he's there and messes up and then let's, let's, let's accelerate it and make it all frantic. Right. Oh my God. Um, no, I think we, there's rattling is, is so much fun in Texas. Yeah. So I think what, what we might try and do is get some, you know, some setups dialed and, you know, and I kind of stack the deck in our, our favor a little bit as far as, you know, you can move, you can run and gun with rattling in Texas, but we may pick a couple spots where we know we got setups and we have options. If I were to get on draw a little different type of rattling, but yeah, rattling with a boat would be an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's uh, I, again. I'm looking at my wounds here a little bit, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write checks. My body can't cash, but we'll see. Uh, that's the, that was the idea, and um, and hopefully we can get something in Texas for sure. Yeah, if it's any consolation, practically everybody that's listening to this right now has been through exactly what you're describing. Yeah, and so it's it's not not to take away from your pain. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. right. Now. Yeah, and they'll lick your wounds. You're for the you. only one that did it this year. Okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> now, how well, I'm telling the story, it's kind of like therapy. So if I have to send you guys a copay, just let me know. <laughs> now, you guys, uh, you've got a crew down there in Texas on a Yamaha hunt, and uh, you're kind of introducing a new hunter to the sport, right? Yeah, we love to do a media hunt every fall. And one of the reasons is it's because Wade's got a, a good fleet of R-Maxes. We just refreshed them with the new 2023s. And it's not, it's R-Max and the Wolverine line. He's got some Vikings down there too. So it's a good representative of our, of our lineup, but also how it's put into the field and what we use them for and what they can be used for during the course of, of the hunting exercise. He uses them all year long. This is the, you know, the fruits of all that labor. But this year we had a racer and we've had racers in camp before, but this kid, 
had taken it upon himself. He wanted to learn hunting. He's a he's a big fisherman, and he he said, "I want to I want to go out and I want to sit and see some deer and see what I can do." And he bought himself a crossbow. Oh wow! He started to buy himself some camo. So we're like, you know what? Let's let's bring you out to to Texas. Let's let's get you amongst a, a group of people who are going to steer you down the right path. You know, do do you right, and then you also put a bunch of animals in front of you. Right, uh, <laughs> you're not lacking for deer density down in Texas. So. Um, Early reports are he put something in the back of a of a Yamaha side by side last night. So I'm super oh. excited. He's a good kid, and he he wanted to do it right. So, so uh, for me at this point, I'm old. We won't talk too much about that. But <laughs> I almost take as much, I guess, joy and happiness out of hunting right now. And I've only been hunting for about 20 years. Out of watching new people come into it, facilitating that exercise in there, and helping them kind of buy into the lifestyle. That's fun for me and. Uh, Super excited to be able to do that for someone to, this fall down there in Texas. Yeah. Now, talking about the new 2023 lineup of side-by-sides and ATVs, you guys did release them. A lot of new color schemes, cool things going on. Um, are those going to be – you know, it's hard to believe that Christmas is like next month. Yeah. That, that's what I'm told at least. It is. I don't know. Unless they um, moved it. Yeah, they might move it depending on what happens. <laughs> um, is something that's going to be like readily available if people shopping right now? The 2023s, yeah, they're, the XTR editions look really, really good again this year. Yeah. Um, it's a, more of a fall beige with a with a graphic. They come with, I think they come with stereos uh, stock now, along with the winch and all that stuff. So uh, they look really good. And to your point about red, readily available, it depends on your definition of readily. Um, <laughs> I mean, supply chain, parts availability, production challenges still exist. I think they are trickling into market. Um, we still aren't being able to, we're not able to provide product as quickly as we would like. I think as quickly as some of our customers would like, unfortunately, but we're, we're doing the best we can. Um, we're trying to keep that production line running whenever we are able to, uh, so we can meet demand. And, and, and it's still a challenge. It really is. And I think we're seeing, and we're going to see it for the next few months and the next year as well. And I don't think we're alone in that. I think whether you're in the automotive industry or the motorsports industry, it's, kind of what's going on right now. And unfortunately, all we can do is the best we can do. Sometimes a single part not being available will shut down an entire production line, and that's uh, that's frustrating for everyone. And uh, we're just working through it best we can. Yeah, now you guys, I want to mention one thing, and I don't think you went on it. You know, you have Destination Yamaha where you can go, like, all over the country to the amazing places you do, uh, and you can have your side-by-sides and ATVs and snowmobiles or whatever they offer at that particular place. Did you go on the Alaska? trip or not? Yeah, it's a, there's a reason why you're talking to me and not Scott. Scott goes to Alaska, and he goes to Kentucky, and he goes to Kansas, and he's in Texas right now. So, uh, yeah, yep. you're stuck with me. No, I didn't go on that trip, but you're right. That was And that was a lot of fun for all involved, and Scott included. I mean, it's really fun for us to be able to have partners like that in a place like that. We yeah. can roll in. I think they rented RVs. They they rolled RVs as their campers right up to the spot where they jumped into Armaxes and they got in some epic destinations and it's just the kind of lifestyle that when we can carve out the time from our regular lives to go live that why wouldn't you and you know for those that are able to do it more often than I can good on them um, I, I think maybe yeah, Scott and I might have to have a role reversal here maybe I'll live a life his life for a year he can live mine we'll, we'll switch now that's so cool when you can go to places like that you know let's face it with travel and everything if you don't want to have to take your side by side or your atv or whatever it may be 
uh, when you can go there and you can rent the unit that you're used to driving back home. I, it just adds to the pleasure and experience and safety of it. Uh, it makes it very handy. Yeah, or if you just want to try one because you don't own one and heard about them. Yeah. You know, those little extended demos, extended uh, uh, trial running one. And if you can do that in an epic spot like Alaska, or we've got Destination Yamaha partners all over the country, you know, pick your spot. And to your point, yeah, either you don't want to trail yours all the way out there, or you just want to try one for the first time. I mean, it's it's a really good opportunity. Yeah, and one last thing we want to touch on real quick is the uh, Yamaha Outdoor Access Initiative. Uh, and this is funded all solely, and we've talked about it before on the show, but it is such a neat program. It is funded from the sale of your vehicles. So someone buys, uh, let's say, an all-new R-Max or an all-new Grizzly, and you guys take a portion of those proceeds and put it into a grant. And then people apply for this grant, and that money is used to create access, to create trailways, to improve people's outdoor access. Um, and, and so not only it, it's twofold there, you guys, you you buy a vehicle, you have the pleasure of having it, getting outdoors, recreating, but also opening up new opportunities for other people. I mean, that is fantastic. You, you said it all. No, I mean, yeah, yeah it's exactly. <laughs> we're really proud of the program. We really are. And it's not a lot of money from the sale of each vehicle. It's 10 or $15, depending on the vehicle, it comes in as a off-highway vehicle fee. Yeah. And, yeah, we put that money directly back into the field. There's no there's no sending any, you know, to the bottom line or, or to the parent company in Japan. That money kind of comes into an account, and then per the grants, the applications we receive, we put it back. And, yeah, trail maintenance, trail creation, staging areas. We help with some safety education. We're bringing people into the... Uh, power sports world. We've just uh, supplied a bunch of Strider bikes to kindergarten classes all across the country to try and get kids on two wheels and to get them active, get them off of screens, you know, get them outside and riding bikes again. Um, hopefully as a kickstart to a more of a outdoor lifestyle based passion, you know, approach. Um, so yeah, I, I could talk for days. I love this program. I was here when it started and, and we put over 5 million back into the field and, wow. and almost, I think it's almost every state. I think we're missing two states. We're looking for grants in a couple and more than 400 grants over the course of 12 to 14. It's just, we do we do a lot of good with it, and and we want to continue to do so. To be honest, I, I appreciate you guys talking about it because not, even though it does a lot of good, not a lot of people know about it. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not just giving away free money. You gotta you gotta jump through some hoops. You gotta be a nonprofit. You gotta have the right project. But we've got the money if you, if you check those boxes, and uh, we we're gonna continue to plug away and do what we can to make sure that we've got spaces to go play outdoors for for years and years and generations to come. Now, when it comes to applying, okay. Um, are there deadlines? I mean, where can we go to figure out, you know, when does it open up? What do we need to do? Who do we need to get in contact with? Uh, because this is something you really need to get the ball rolling now. Um, wh- where do we go? What What do we do, man? Yeah, there's no. there actually is no deadline. You can apply whenever. We oh, do really? review the applications quarterly. Yeah. So we kind of chunk them out per quarter, but you can apply whenever. And, and all the info that you need as far as what you have, you know, again, those boxes you need to check. Um, and kind of the areas in where we play in order to, to help keep uh, access available is you go to yamahaoai.com. OAI stands for Outdoor Access Initiative. So yamahaoai.com. All right. And then Jimbo has this trail. It goes around the pond in his backyard. That's right. He wants to create I want to improve it. He wants get better access. So he's getting <laughs> some lawyers. They're going to apply here. All right. So Mr. Steve. Well, 
go less money at the Waffle House and more money out here. <laughs> proving grounds. All right, so Steve Nestle, the marketing manager at Yamaha Motor Corporation. He's currently getting ready to go down to Texas to rattle in a big buck. Uh, to learn more about you guys, where do we have to head to online, sir? Just head to YamahaMotorsports.com. All right, and this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out. Like Steve said, YamahaMotorsports.com. Mr. Steve, God bless you. We love you, buddy. Always a good time, guys. Thanks a lot. Can I borrow your internet? JimandTrav.com. Everything outdoors is right there. Stay tuned. The revolution will return right after this.